Folks, I like scary movies because I think we all like to be scared. That's not true, but that is something that dumb actors say when they go on talk shows to promote their scary movie. Like, why did you take this role? Well, I think because we all like to be scared. No, we do not. We do not. Do, do you know why? It's scary. That's why nobody likes it. If you're walking down the street, somebody sticks a gun in your face, your reaction is not, this is awesome! What a roller coaster ride I am on right now with this experience. What a thrill and a chill. <laughs> but there is a moment in, in any scary movie um, that will get me every single time. And it's the moment where you have your hero, right? He's the only guy that is doing anything about these werewolves or whatever. <laughs> he is having a hell of a time. There's a break in the action. He finds himself in some building or other. He goes into the bathroom. All he wants to do is just splash some cold water on his face, right? Get a little, you know, refresh himself a little bit. He's not done fighting the monsters. So, same every time. Turns on the water, and then he looks in the mirror first, as if to say, it's you and me, buddy. It is nuts out there. <laughs> Tell you what, old friend. Why don't we treat ourselves to a little cold water on the face? I bet that'll make things seem a lot less bleak. So he goes down, and he splashes the water on his face, and then he comes back up. Hideous monster in the mirror! gets me every single time. And I know that it's coming, too. Like, as soon as I see the sink, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's gonna happen. Now, look. I know I'm a grown man, and movies are fake, right? But I have a bathroom. There's a mirror and a sink in there. Sometimes I'm alone in the house. But then recently I realized I don't have to be scared of this anymore because my bathroom is too small for this to realistically happen. <laughs> and in order for a monster to get the drop on me, the phrase excuse me would have to be used. <laughs> like if he really wanted to go for the effect, right? Like if the monster was like, oh man, when he comes back up from that sink, it is gonna be, this guy's gonna lose his mind. I think they take pleasure in it, because they're monsters. It's like if I'm putting water on my face and I hear, uh, uh, excuse me, 
trying to get by here. Aha! Well, look who it is. Should have turned into a bat or something, stupid. Totally know you're in here. You just get out of here. Just go. You are the worst monster. Hey, sorry about that worst monster crack. Um, I didn't need to go that far. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the situation. All right? Okay. I'll see you out there. Hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> okay. Good job. Like the the Avengers, but what I loved about the Avengers so much was that it was you can take it seriously, but at the same time, it's this crazy, goofy, yeah, you know, big adventure movie. Now, in defense of the Nolan Batman movies, which I love, I think Batman is a character that is really, really suited to that kind of 
like dark, oh, yeah. brooding, mythological oh, absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Um, I don't, whereas I, Superman, I don't Superman, not really. Well, you know, I I hadn't read All Star Superman until last year, and to me, I never thought that I could really be a long-term fan of Superman, even though I grew up with those those movies and I was a big fan of uh, the Richard Donner one. But I, I thought that, you know, as far as Superman goes, there's not much vulnerability. And so I thought, how much, how many different reads, how many different stories could you do on that? And just in that series of All-Star Superman, they did, what? how many issues of that? 12 I think 12 and the, each one of those stories is fantastic it's like a a twist on a mythology you already you already know and it, it has such good serialization to it I love it I I like the uh, the con- the general concept of all-star Superman and I like the, the ideas of the stories themselves I don't like Grant Morrison as a writer though you're so. the one again you're the yep. one I, why, I am why, the one. What, what do you not like about him? His stories always read as really like they don't. To me, at least, they don't flow well at all. They seem very like incoherent, almost. Like he has these great ideas, but I almost never like, like to sporadic, me. He almost, like they're jumping all over the place. Yeah, and they almost never come together like as a whole for me. Uh-huh. Like, I keep trying his stuff, and it just it keep, like I will say I read just a tiny little bit of like the Animal Man stuff he did in the 80s mm-hmm. and that was really good but I'm not like his, his Batman stuff fuck that <laughs> everybody says it's like the best Batman comics ever I could, uh, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't stand it like he did this thing uh, Batman R.I.P. Yeah. where Batman's like fucking hallucinating and he thinks he's the Batman of Zer in R or something mm-hmm. and he's like this Batman from another world and yeah I fucking <laughs> I, I couldn't do it here he comes here he comes. Here he Go. comes. I'm in a pissed off fucking mood, I'm telling you right fucking now. For the game? For the fucking game. Why? Because of San I'm Francisco? A huge 49ers fan. I've been a 49ers fan since I was like eight years old. And oh, he's going to be I'm, in a wonderful mood tonight. I'm pissy is what I'm going to be. Oh, Jesus. Richard Sherman is a fucking jerk off. <laughs> I believe we have a title. <laughs> no, no, don't use that. Don't use that. All right. What is? I what don't want to be. I don't be a poor sportsman. What is Jeremy on Skype? Jeremy is probably not going to do the podcast. Okay. I'm thinking because he has not communicated with me. I emailed him, and normally that means like family, something family related popped up. Nothing bad necessarily, but just it's it's probably it's he doesn't mean to. He's not trying to blow anybody off. Right. It's just it's just it's probably something family related that popped up. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So uh, I say give him if I say give it like ten minutes or so. Just to see if he pops on, but in, in that uh, I told him nine nine forty five, and it's now ten o'clock. Right. I don't think he's gonna pop on. Can we give him like the ten just to see? Yeah, that's fine. AJ right. and I are just talking about comic books. All right. <sighs> uh, we don't have to talk about detective if you don't want. I mean, we can. I would actually. I'm actually kind of interested in in what you would. Have I didn't to even say finish. I never got even got around to finishing it, so I'm still two or two stories behind. So. Yeah, I, I haven't read it. Somebody sent me a thing. Who sent me a thing? I sent you the. All right. I swear to God, Greg, if this is something to do with the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> I swear as God is my witness. I didn't know you were such a sports fan. I'm a huge sports fan. That's that's my first like thing. Sports, comedy, and then this stuff is like way down the line. Actually. Wow. It's so just you're a sp- so you're a sports nerd first. Oh, absolutely. That's what I grew up with. 
Wow. Absolutely. I grew up with uh, baseball and uh, football, basketball, uh, even a little bit of hockey when I was a kid. Right. Um, it was a great era. Michael Jordan. Surely. You know. Yeah, the 90s, uh, the late 80s and yeah, early 90s. Yeah, the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, baseball, I was a Yankee fan when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And up until like basically this year, but I just can't take the way they run. So now I'm actually – I just – Switched allegiances to the Baltimore Orioles, which I, <laughs> I, I have, I have roots in Virginia. I, was, I lived in Virginia when I was a kid for five years, mm-hmm. and my family was like Washington Redskins fans, Baltimore Orioles fans. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of went back the, to that. The, that's that's those are my teams, man. Yeah, I love the I love the Redskins too. Just I, not as much as the 49ers, but they're right up there. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny like, that I, you, funny you say that because that's the team. 49ers were the team that I grew up on. I was a big Montana fan. Yeah, I was a Montana fan. I didn't stuck with it even into like the eight, like just the really bad years. Yeah. Uh, I got to turn this off. Hold on. I can't hear this fucking classless asshole speak again. <laughs> Please. So, so far, while well, just Jason and I, or sorry, well, just Greg and I have been talking, he's already like, shit off. Two, like two opinions I've held. He's gone. So you're that guy. Yeah. And I'm I guess, I guess the third one will be, I, I'm I still here. All right. I'm still dealing with it. I don't know anything about sports. It doesn't matter. No, that's that's all right because I, f- I fell off on it too. I'm not going to be that guy. I, you're I that guy got, on that. I, I was never up on it. You never was, you I never swear. watched baseball when you were a kid. You never played catch with your dad or anything. Um, my father beat me. No, he didn't. Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> this shit got um, dark. I mean, yeah, we we played catch and stuff, but I never. Uh, you never went to go get I, games and everything. We, we never what. You never went to go ga- to, to games to you know college football or or local baseball or even hockey or anything. No, not really. I mean, I didn't really go to a baseball game until uh, I went to an Akron Arrows game when I was like in sixth grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, did you tell I don't me know. I just... game at some point. What's that? Keep talking. Did you, did you tell me your office is like right near the minor league stadium? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right by there. Doesn't mean he watches the games. <laughs> well, I thought I thought he had said he had gone a couple times. I, I did go to one. They, I mean, they invited everybody from the office to go. So you're one of the people like me nowadays, where you would watch a game if it was you going out with people, but you're not gonna like follow stats or or make time in your schedule to watch a game on TV. I mean, yeah, if I would go to a game. It's like mostly like a, a social thing. Yeah. Uh, you're... Nah. I, I know. <laughs> I follow. I read about sports more than I read about entertainment. The, the closest I came to uh, that kind of thing was uh, when I was a kid uh, with Michael Jordan. Right. I was I was a big fan of his. But I, I are you even, always opening Blu-rays? What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Who's making that sound? That's on me. Yeah, Jason. Jason's <laughs> opening his Blu-ray of something. I got the yeah, yeah. It's the it's the 1989 Super Bowl season. I gotta I gotta watch good memories right now. I gotta come in. Throw it, Joe. Throw, you won't throw a pick. You never throw a pick, Joe. You just run, only run. Well, you know um, now I feel like my my whole diatribe about shit can. I guess it has to get shit canned. All of the stuff I wanted to talk to you and Jeremy about about like how you guys met and it, does Jeremy have to rein you in and who's the bigger personality? I mean, I mean you can ask me that. And I'll answer it truthfully. I got no problem doing that. I mean, uh, honestly, we were set up. I mean, I'll tell you now, we were set up by the guy who runs our bastards, uh, and it was an uneasy partnership at first, at very first. But we had like a like a two hour conversation, just getting to know you, and kind of clicked. And uh, oh, wait a minute! So now I'm completely lost. So someone set up the, the radio show. It's like the, Simon and Garfunkel. 
the, the radio bastard show. cast the bastard cast uh did existed before us ah uh i have heard like half of an episode of that our show is better <laughs> I uh, not to bash anybody, but I, I really didn't listen to much of it. But uh, it was it lasted for I don't know how many episodes twenty maybe. So it was uh, a podcast show that it was a podcast before before there was a, po- a bastard cast podcast before us. So there was a mutual friend that put you guys together. Well, the podcast is the official podcast of nerdbastards.com. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, nerd bastards uh, is run by Luke Gallagher, who set us up. Uh, because we both write for the site. Uh, well, I don't really write for the site anymore, but uh, I mean, I do very, very infrequently. But um, and Jeremy really doesn't do it much either. But uh, he he wanted to restart the podcast. He asked who was interested, uh, and uh, I volunteered because I had done one before with a friend of mine and another writer, uh, Dev Richards, who's been on the podcast a couple times, and uh, it didn't really fly. There's one episode, it just didn't didn't happen. You know, podcasts it's hard to get mm-hmm. them up, and. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, Mike came loose for a second. Um, so uh, I volunteered, started up with Jeremy, and uh, so in the beginning, it was a learning process, especially for me because he's a broadcaster. So yeah, he definitely had to rein me in. There was definitely some bumps along the way. I had a shitty audio setup at first. I was using like a um, a uh, you know one of those like cheap five dollar microphones mm-hmm. that you right. get. I had it actually duct taped to a pair of headphones. <laughs> I couldn't afford a headset that was decent. Uh, and I didn't know how long we were going to do this for. I don't want to spend money. Yeah. But anyway, so I uh, I got uh, – I did pick up um, – uh, so eventually I wound up picking up a decent microphone not too far down the line. And, no. Uh, it got – you know, it's it just it's, – it's a process. But wait uh, a minute. How, how did the original so – who, so who got you and said, hey – I want you, Jason, to. I was a, it was just an email that Luke sent out. Who wants to join a podcast? Oh, and I responded. It could have in, a, in another timeline. <laughs> in another time. In another timeline. It's it's you know, it's another kid from the from the bastard <laughs> you know, from Nerd Bastards who's doing the podcast with Jeremy, and I'm you know, right. I'm alone. Did uh, or, ha- or happy the... and going to sleep at normal hours at night. <laughs> Did they fire the original creative team? No, or? no, no. They just stopped. I don't honestly. I have no idea what happened. I didn't ask, and I honestly don't care. I got no. I got no beef with anybody. I just don't fucking care. So, uh, I, so uh, they don't write. For, they didn't write for the site when I started. So I guess they left the site for whatever reason. I assume it was amicable because I don't know of anybody who's left the site in a not amicable way. <laughs> Um, so Jeremy got the same thing though. He probably got invited on and Jeremy was, Jeremy was a little more, uh, involved early, early on because I think he had, he, I think there, there had been a conversation about him doing it before that came to pass. Luke was looking, I'm trying to remember it was like two years ago. Luke sent out the email, but I think Jeremy was already known to him that it was already known to him that Jeremy was on board with doing a podcast. So I think they were just looking for other people who'd be interested. Right. And you come from a writing background. Was he also doing writing? He writes for the site too. Yeah. Right. But, uh, I, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, uh, like I said, I was interested in doing the podcast thing. Uh, I have no earthly idea why I just, it was just, just an interesting prospect. Sure. Just thought I'd give it a shot. Didn't really have any, didn't, honestly did not think it would go on as long as it has. You uh, just thought you were going to get on there and, and, uh, and bullshit about things you were interested in, right? 
I basically, I just really didn't think it was going to be. Uh, I just didn't anticipate that it would be a weekly thing yeah. for two years of my life. Right. Uh, and you put production value happy. into it too. That's the thing. I you know? don't. He does all that wow. stuff. All I do is just I help. I set it up. You're the talent. Him. <laughs> no, no, I help set it up uh, with. I, I help pull stories and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, and I, I write the words that accompany the podcast. But I don't. Uh, I do none of the production stuff. Uh, I mean, we think up like some of the pre-recorded bits that we've done. We think them up together, mm-hmm. and we execute them together. But he does all the pulling together. He is the technical backbone of the podcast. He is the backbone of the podcast in general. Right. Uh, I in you know uh, I it is it, it's him first then me right. is how I look at it. I, it's a fifty one forty nine percentage uh, partnership. <laughs> is the way I look at it. seriously, I have no I have no apprehension with that because that's not even a fair number. He does so much more work than I do with it, especially when. Before he had a board, he would spend six, seven hours post-production to clean it up to make it sound really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't do that because uh, I don't, A, know how. And uh, B, honestly, I wouldn't because I don't care that much about the listener. <laughs> he really cares. He has a very high threshold. There's a, there's a, there's, he, yeah. he is a production value. He is a perfectionist. Yeah. And that, that, that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, I'm sure it's a blessing and a curse to him. Uh, that he can't put it down at times, but uh, you know, walk away and just say, "Ah, it's all right. It sounds better than eighty percent of the other podcasts out there." He's got to get it to where it sounds perfect. I like to uh, imagine it's done a great thing for the pie. It's it's done wonders for the podcast because you know, I used to write for and run a site uh, called WeLoveCult.com, which is a small site. Some people have heard of it, some people haven't. It had a good reputation. It was not around for a terribly long time. The site was a smaller site. It looked big it looked yeah. very polished and professional and sometimes perception is is the is, is how you oh, yeah. is the thing you need to get your foot in the door to be fake able to it, actually show fake you. it till you make it man. exactly fake it so you can make it honestly yeah uh and that uh, that can that site looked great and just uh, just like the bastard cast sounds great the bastard cast sounds bigger than it probably is right so. Well, much like uh, the opening credits of Prince of Darkness, where it's like 10 or 15 minutes before you see John Carpenter's name as director, I'm going to introduce you guys now. We've been talking for this nice, long preamble. But uh, for those who don't know, this was going to be a, a Jason and Jeremy-centric episode. Jeremy, unfortunately, can't uh, make it on the podcast today, but we do have Jason, and this is going to be his spotlight episode. We talked uh, last time with the Gobbledy Geek guys, and Jason came in and crashed the party and became, I would say, the spotlight there, but <laughs> he is again going to be the spotlight on this one. But maybe not, because we also have, from the Gobbledy Geeks, uh, A.J. Wiley. Yo. The man, the myth. The legend. The legend. The one who doesn't watch sports. <laughs> the one who doesn't watch sports. That's me. And uh, Jason's not in the best of moods tonight, having watched uh, the my, NFC my Championship. Football team, my football team uh, took, it, uh, took it in the grill, unfortunately. Yeah. So. So, um, Such is life. <laughs> I think we do have some things to talk about. I mean, uh, you know, that we, we have been talking a little bit about uh, the Bastard cast. And, I mean, you said you've been doing it for two years, right? 
Uh, thereabouts. I'm not really great on dates. Right. And it's... We've it, done about, I think it's 68 episodes we've recorded. Nice, nice. And you feel like it's gotten more and more refined. Do you ever feel like it, you had to... You know, what, what were the the formative times? Was it those early episodes, or did you feel like it got rocky towards a certain point? Uh, well, it's a... You know, it's our show is very conversational. It's very... Right. Uh, it relies heavily on me and Jeremy uh, faking it and making it sound like we like each other. <laughs> So no, we're we're good friends. We spend we'll record about an hour, but we will spend four or five hours talking, just bullshitting. Yeah, uh, I, I can attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> can attest to that's that. what I last, heard. Oh yeah, the last night was I think we recorded for six hours. Our last episode was was with uh, Paul and AJ, and we had a fucking great time. We almost killed Paul with laughter. Uh, and and AJ uh, and AJ and with I, sleep with lack of sleep. I, oh yeah. Oh, we and Paul, I think we had like a silent like a psychic pack to drive AJ out of his mind. <laughs> Uh, and then after AJ bailed, uh, Paul, uh, me and Paul had a wonderfully frank discussion about how uh, to uh, uh, to uh, uh, masturbate a crane, which is, which is what <laughs> no, Paul. No, I does. was still there. I was. You were still there. there for that? Okay, I didn't remember. I was. That was fun too. Uh, Did that make it to the air? That. No, I didn't record. We didn't. We weren't recording oh. at that point. So we'll have to. At some point, we'll have to try and recreate that magic. <laughs> Maybe on the Gobbledygook cast. Um, but. Um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's over time the relationship has gotten a lot simpler, uh, in terms of not simpler. It's gotten, um, you know, each other better. Yeah. So our rhythms are better in terms of speaking. Uh, there's less interruption. I am terrible at that. I interrupt. I, I'm so eager to say something. I, I, as soon as it comes to your head, I'm like a kid. It's Christmas morning. (laughs) I got to get the joke out. And, uh, and, uh, sometimes I get a little anxious about jokes. So I'll ask, I used to ask him to edit stuff out afterwards. Right. If I went too far. Are you self-conscious about that? A little, because you have to be. Yeah. You you do have to be because we're having a conversation and you know, it's free flowing and sometimes, yeah. So yeah, a couple times I've had to ask him to to edit something out because mm-hmm. I said something I didn't want to say. Uh, I remember Jason when you were on our show for the first time. I I don't remember what we were talking about, but it got kind of dark, and you had you made us stop, and we had to go. We had to like backtrack, like completely, like start over, like not even. It was it was the uh, I just didn't have a well formed thought about uh, a particular topic that I didn't really want to go deep into. Right. And when you uh, have that brain fart or when you have that, you know, inability to to really riff on something, I feel that's where it kind of, yeah, that's where it kind of I've, I've gotten better at, at it, at, at self-filtering. Uh, not that I'm, you know, dropping, you know, anything profane necessarily or anything horrible. It's just, you know, you're trying to, I hate to say this, I hate to sound like a douchebag, but you have to control what comes out of your mouth. You have to, you know, I'm, I'm so trying. douchey. Well, you know what, I, I write for a living i use my own name yeah and you know i you know i'm trying to get interviews i'm trying to write uh reviews about things you, you got to be mindful of what you're saying sometimes it doesn't yeah. mean you necessarily got to be fake it's but a it's a political thing because i feel like you need to at the same time you gotta you gotta present and yourself it's such bullshit too i hate it i really hate the game you hate uh, the professionality game, like no, having. Profe- I don't. I don't view it as a professionality. Me personally, I. You could say anything you want to my face. I personally don't give a shit. I am unoffendable. Uh, I was. Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid. I was the fat kid. I had a nervous tick. Mm-hmm. I was. There was. There's not a thing. I think I was the smelly kid for a few years in school. <laughs> there was not a name that I had. Were you the called. dandruff kid? 
I was the everything kid, <laughs> except for the popular kid. Oh. I've been called everything under the sun. And before I wrote about entertainment, I wrote about politics. So that just put the cherry on top of the wow. Sunday. Nice. So me personally, I feel like all words should be in play. Sure. Uh, and people should speak their mind and whatever. Uh, and I, I think people are way too easily offended. Yeah, I can so. agree with that. I also had a uh, a roommate slash friend who uh, I still do. But uh, when we were living together, he made it uh, very. We used to have these conversations. He made it very clear of uh, his stance on honesty, and he was he was open to to only brutal honesty. He would never play the game even to save someone's feelings, and I think it kind of got in the way of some of his professional relationships. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that. Again, it's 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 a hard line to walk. On one hand, I would like to not be uh, to not feel like I'm full of shit. Yeah, I would like to not pull punches or bite my tongue, but sometimes you absolutely have to. Uh, it's just it's that's how we function in society. Right. Uh, and doing something like this where you're broadcasting yourself out there, you absolutely have to do it. Uh, I don't do it that often, and I and I mean, in the course of the the entire time that we've done the podcast, I've maybe had to ask Jeremy to edit something off of it maybe four times. Yeah, over the course of the last two years. Yeah, so it's not like it's a frequent thing. Sure, but you know, sometimes you get passionate, you say something, you you know, in in reflection, you wish you didn't say, and the benefit of recording something means you didn't do it. It's something that every medium has. Yeah, uh, the you know, to edit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm honest about, you know, having to have done that a couple times, but in the same breath, I think the benefit of our show is we really don't do that a lot. It's, it's, I've been on shows or I've not been on shows, excuse me. I've heard shows that, uh, it's quite clear that they have to do that a bit, Yeah. uh, that they edit a lot. We really don't do that. I, our conversations, uh, don't, I don't think they sound very edited because they're usually not. Yeah. They're mostly unfiltered. Yeah, Jeremy doesn't do a lot of uh, uh, puppetry. There's not a lot of movement, you know. To, mm-hmm. I mean, he'll clean out like pregnant pauses <laughs> right. or ums, oh, yeah. sure. but apart from that, just just to to help make it sound, you know, polished. But there's not there's not a lot of word uh, dancing going around, right? Uh, because it's it's got to sound like it is what it is, like it's an honest conversation. It's a, it's it's this it's a second passion though. I mean, writing really is your thing though, right? Is writing it, is my thing. Your it passion? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I enjoy writing. Uh, it varies. Uh, it's it depends on what I'm writing about. It depends on uh, what kind of article I'm writing. Well, how varied is what you write these days? Isn't it usually uh, media related? Ah, uh, it's comic books. It's uh, movies. It's TV. It's a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, which, if I'm being honest, I prefer writing about comic books above all things. Right. Uh, and it's mainly because I enjoy the accessibility. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be uh, a one of the top, you know, 15 writers to be able to get access to a comic book creator. Right. Some of them, it's harder because right. they're busy. Right. But, I mean, at this point, I've talked to a lot of the biggest names in comic books, uh, a lot of the, the guys that are considered, you know, uh, working, walking legends right now. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and it's awesome. And it's, it's a great thrill. And it really helps you be able to wrap your mind around writing about something when you've had a chance to talk to people about Inten- what is it they do. Intentions or what it they is. did to get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's harder to do that with something like TV or movies because it I is. feel like those industries are a little more buttoned up. There's more of a, yeah. of a publicist thing. I have never met a comic book guy. Well, that's not true. 
Uh, with the ex- okay, well, there are a couple that have had like publicists, but for the most part, I don't think a lot of them have publicists. I mean, they work through through publicists for uh, various uh, yeah. publishing houses, but a lot of the times you can get in contact with a a comic book creator via their personal website, via Twitter. Right. And I've booked interviews via Twitter. I've booked them via their websites. And uh, I just, uh, there's a great, uh, it's just great conversations. And I've had that with actors too. It's just not as often. Well, don't you find that it's, they're also a lot more accessible these days because of Twitter. I mean, I got in touch with you through Twitter and usually you're, you're a untouchable celebrity in uh, (laughs) many circles. I don't know about that. Um, I'm, you know, uh, yeah, for comic book guys, it's easier to get on, in touch with them via Twitter uh, because they've got to be down there with, you know, even if you go to a con. Yeah. Go to a large comic yeah, con. Yeah. Uh, Artist Alley is a different animal than mm-hmm. the rest of the floor. Like if you go to get autographs or sign or some stuff signed yeah. by uh, TV actors or celebrities, they're charging money for that. Yeah, it's you got to wait in line. You got to wait in line. You got to pay money. Definitely. And often you can walk up to a comic guy and you can just shake his hand and tell him you love his work and they'll they'll sign something for you and they'll they'll have a conversation with you. I said, one of the coolest things I got to see um, was at Comic-Con in New York a couple of years ago. I was fortunate enough to get a chance to talk to Mike Mingola for a few minutes. Mm, nice. And it was, it was supposed to be at the uh, Dark Horse booth and then they moved it. He was jammed. It was, it was crazy busy. Uh, he was in Artist Alley. And Mike Bingola and Artist Alley, that's that's you know, that's a that's a, an occasion. That's something yeah. where people are gonna rush and wait in line for it. Right. And uh, I got there and there was a line staked around uh, the corner a little bit. It's probably twenty people long. And I popped in there and uh, I, you know, spoke with him. He told me to sit down beside him. I sat down next to him and would we'd do the interview in between uh, fans, in between people who were there. And it was cool as hell to just see people uh, praise uh, his work and what he means to them. Art, other artists, young kids who are, who are trying to do what he does, who are inspired by him. Yeah. It really you, it washes away the cynicism. I've never had an opportunity to have something like that. That genuineness. Right. Your movie, and it's not their fault. It's just it's such a it's so on the ground. Yeah. Comic books are that's those guys are us. Those guys are blue yeah. collar guys. Even yeah. the big guys, they're blue collar guys. Right. You know, I've never come across a comic creator who's a dick. I've never come across I've never really come across an actor who's a dick either, honestly. Every single person I've ever dealt with, and I don't say this to kiss ass, even though it makes it sound like I'm the type who does that now <laughs> since I've said it. I've said it <laughs> so many times, but I've never run into somebody who I would say, like, don't go after that person. Right. They're an asshole. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and if I had done that, I wouldn't name names, but right. I've never really run into anybody who has been a dick, but comic book people are just so open. I've had some great conversations with, with comic book people uh, is just the- off the top of my head. Like Nick Batara is like an awesome guy. Uh, Mark Wade uh, is, is cool as hell. Just Pete. I've I talked to him at a con and I've done an email interview with him. Uh, he's, he's super nice. Just every, like I said, every comic book guy that I've, and, and, and girl that I've come in contact with, it's been, it's been really refreshing. Is that uh, something that's? Uh, would you say that that's your your influence when you talk about writing, or you know, you write from a critical perspective? Is there another you know avenue that was more influential on you, or did you grow up with with comic books and reading and stuff like that? And you said you said I want to be I want to be writing this, or I want to be analyzing this. I'm late to this. Uh, I started doing this. I started really reading comic books in my mid twenties. Well, uh, I really didn't get on the bus. Uh, and so I guess, you know, 
and it opens me up to charges of of fake nerddom and everything. But it's it's something that I you live. You were a fake geek girl, Jason. I live <laughs> I live my life through this stuff, though. I read comics every day. I watch movies, TV shows. I, I grew up as a com- as more of a comedy nerd, yeah, and sports nerd. Like I grew up worshiping like SNL and right. Conan and and all that stuff. And, right. and comedy is my favorite thing, but. That is that is something that a lot of people in our circles don't talk about enough. I feel like is is comedy nerds. I'm a big comedy nerd too. Yeah, it's just it's it's that's how I mean I was afflicted with that from a very young age. I would stay up until all hours of the night, one o'clock in the morning. I, I would yeah. absorb comedy. I would stay up till one in the morning watching Conan O'Brien, and then wake up and watch uh, Evening at the Improv would run nice. at seven o'clock in the morning or six thirty in the morning. After Garfield and Friends, nice. <laughs> school. So I remember watching, being at the Improv, and then getting and being late for the school bus constantly. My mom having to take me to school because I had to see the last uh, stand-up setup with the wall and everything. But I uh, getting I into realized it until later. But I, I uh, like it didn't occur to me until a few years ago. But I, I've, I've been a comedy nerd my whole life. Yeah, like just like uh, with you, Jason, with Conan, and uh, really for me, it was like when I was a kid. The, the big one-two punch was. Uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. and Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think yeah. those two things informed my sense of humor more than like anything else. Definitely. It's just you know you can't find flaw in, in 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 people that actually you know dedicate themselves to loving to make people laugh. And honestly, I love making people laugh. It's it's part of why I do the podcast. I think because sure. it, it, I get a kick out of not necessarily the idea that five or six hundred people or however many people are listening are gonna laugh at what I'm saying, which still surprises me that people listen to what we do. But uh, just the fact that I get to make Jeremy laugh, the fact that I get to make AJ it's, and Paul laugh, or people that come on the show—that's why it's endearing. I it's endearing because you're 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 doing this, and it's a performance, you know. In in both of those, like that, I just look at it like I'm having fun with my friends, and and right. we're goofing off. I really couldn't care less if I honestly, I I probably wouldn't do it if only twenty people listened to it, or at least I wouldn't do it every, you know, week. Yeah. But I would still if, happily talk to Jeremy on Skype for a couple of hours a week or every couple of weeks, and. And just goof off with. But him you like you like making people laugh. I mean, that's that that is. Yeah, I, um, I don't. Again, I it, I really it's about making my friends laugh. I could. It's cool and all that people listen to the show. It's neat when people like or follow us on Facebook or yeah. tell us on Twitter that they love the show. Or and we've had some people who have said some really heartfelt, some nice stuff about the podcast, uh, which was is surprising and 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 it, it it makes us feel nice. And I'm glad that we can make people happy. Uh, but really, it's a selfish thing. It's such a selfish endeavor. Yeah. We just do it because we like to vent and make fun of shit that goes on in entertainment news and weird shit that happens in the world. And we just like making each other laugh. It really is that simple. Mm-hmm. But um, getting back to the question from before, um, sci-fi stuff. I've had an interest. I grew up with Star Trek uh, as as a part of my life. I love. I had a. I, I feel like I had an innate, uh, just a, a built-in, born-in love of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Star Trek was my thing when I was a kid. It was my dad's thing. And, you know, he kind of passed that on to me watching Next Generation. Right. Uh, so that was kind of probably the bridge. And then I started because I had friends who were into comic books. So I gave it a shot. I really wanted something to talk to them about and relate to them. And that kind of started it. But uh, I grew up uh, really, really interested in politics and really interested in stuff in, in journalism. Like we're talking about like. You're all over the place. Well, I this interest I, the interest that you have. I mean, I wanted to I wanted to be a journalist or, or speechwriter when I was sixteen. That was the goal. Where, where did read, that come read, from? Read like Ben Bradley biographies uh-huh. and just just constantly uh, watching the news, watching 
hardball and meet the press and in, in an era before you know shout porn theater on, right. on the news stations uh that's really where that all came from and just just being inspired by that stuff looking back to the past stuff like robert uh, robert f kennedy martin luther king john lewis uh the civil rights movement stuff like that really interested me when i was 16 17 18 years old and there's still some of that stuff left but for the most part i don't really follow politics now so, because so- I got burnt out. So is this just the story of an idealist that became a cynic? <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? Is this the, the sure. life of Jason? I know the narrative arc my Tabris biopic's sure. going to take. Sure. <laughs> we can say that. I uh, I just I got started. Actually, it's a, it's, it's a slightly funny story. Or it's, it's, a, it's a coincidence. Uh, I ran a website of my own. That was it's long dead and didn't it was worthless. But uh, I at one point was looking to bring on a couple of other writers, just not for pay or anything, just to a couple of other voices on the site. And uh, I was going to uh, so I put out a thing on Craigslist and I got a response from a kid in Portland. Uh, I apologize for the cat in the background. Hello, uh, this kid in Portland uh, who um, asked uh, he, he applied to write for me and i don't know why it didn't happen he's a good writer there's nothing against him i think the site just folded like real quick right after that mm. but anyway i followed him on twitter because we had a good conversation etc yeah. and like a year later i saw him put up a thing that his site was looking for people to write there and the site was veryware.com brandon marcus is the editor there and he's the kid uh i say kid because he's like four years younger than me <laughs> uh or five years younger than me he's he's still so what's aj eight, to you He's still a AJ is a, is an amoeba, <laughs> uh, but uh, I started writing there and uh, had a, a lot of fun there and learned a lot of stuff. And then I was twenty seven or twenty eight, and I was f- I wanted to I wanted to do some, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to run a site, which was so stupid. Like you you do this for like six months, and you yeah. just to think that I could do that was so fucking dumb. But I did. I mean, we did. And I had a lot of fun with We Love Cult. And we did a lot of cool stuff. We were a small site. And we had interviews with, like, Robert Kirkman, like, wow. exclusives with Robert Kirkman and Kevin Smith and mm-hmm. Robert Patrick and, and all these weird articles. I sent people to fucking to a, 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 a one-man show with a guy who was doing a Telly Savalas impression. We did articles <laughs> on on arcade uh, on the death of uh, arcade brawler games and uh, zombie marathons and uh, a, a gastro pub theater in Brooklyn where they used uh, car seats nice. as uh, stuff. And I was sending people out to stuff. And you feel, you know, I felt like Perry White. Yeah. For like a second. Yeah. That's a and lot of work. It was, yeah, it was 18 hours a day for, yeah, for nothing at all. A lot so, of work. A lot of work. I, I imagine too, it's, how do you monetize that? Was it something that you were just doing? It wasn't doing? my site. It was, it was somebody else's site. Gotcha. So he, we were not big enough to really do ads. So uh, he had an advertisement up for like, I think it's like a button company, his brothers. And I, like I said, I never made any money off it. It was, right. it was it's a complete labor of love. Right. And we got some cool notices from a couple of sites like film school, uh, film school rejects was awesome. Like they put us in their, uh, their news after dark thing like two or three times and we're really awesome supportive uh neil miller's an awesome guy and i never really had any conversations with the guy but he was so supportive to just take some of our weirdo links and put them up on that thing and bring put shine a light on us That's awesome. honestly jason before i knew you I, I i liked we love cult i've heard that a couple times it's really awesome to hear that because that is a thing if i'm being honest it's the the work that i've done that i'm probably most proud of because i was able to pull together a few like-minded people Mm-hmm. Who I've remained close with for the most part. I mean, I've helped or, or worked with uh, and brought a lot of them to, to other sites with me. Like a lot of them have done stuff for Nerd Bastards, even just a one-off thing here or there. Um, 
So, and I've kept relationships up with all those guys. Those guys are, I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, sappy and say my family, but I, I consider those people friends and I really enjoyed the, the experience because it was really hard, but it was really fun. That's great. I wish, I wish, I would love one day to run a thing again. It's just, it's, it would have to be something where I was making money. It would have to be something oh, where I was certainly. getting paid certainly. a salary and working for another site. And I would never really try to run something like I would never really start a thing. I just don't have the time. I'm too old. I'm 31 years old. I'm married. I have responsibilities. I can't do If I was 22, absolutely. Right. At this point, it's kind of like what is it going to be to, to make a career about or what's going to be something that you can mold a career around? As best money. I can, but honestly, it's yeah. you don't really, you know, you don't really know. There's, it's incredibly hard to make money doing this. There's, I don't. Everything's freelance, like, man. Unless it's you not get just on- that. It's also there's there's a click, right. uh, and I'm not really in the click, and it's nothing against the click. I just don't go to those events, and I don't really know those people, and I don't know. I guess I'm 31 years old. I'm probably older than a lot of them. So I've 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 befriended a lot of people who were. Outside of that clique, there's a lot of great people who who don't really you know work in that in in this who work in this realm but aren't in that realm. Right. Uh, and I've kind of you know made friends with them, but I just try to keep my head down and do good as good a work as I possibly can. But you know it's hard, and I'm you know it's a struggle. It's surprising to me uh, the profile that a lot of film critics You're like that fucking I... Barbara Walters, man. What? <laughs> I'm gonna get fucking misty up in this bitch. <laughs> I'm not used to talking. I'm not used to talking about myself like this. You have no idea how pissed off Jeremy's going to be at you. Why? You're getting me all talking about myself. <laughs> My ego's well, going to swell. He's going to have to put ice on me next I'm, week. I'm You're still trying to show fucker out of his shell. <laughs> I'm it still, really is. I'm still trying to get the shields down. Okay. We're going to start talking about your father and uh, your bond with him watching Star sure. Trek. I'm not. See, I never understand people who have like issues with their. Like, I don't have issues with my parents. Like, I wasn't you know raised great. It was a fine enough childhood. Yeah, you know I don't really get people. Who how does blame. that? How does that make you feel? I feel I feel good <laughs> about it. I feel I feel I feel like it's kind of irrelevant at this point. Well, you totally threw me off. I didn't know where I was going with that. I was saying something. What was I saying? Oh, fuck. Um, that's very un Barbara Walters. It is. I was really <laughs> impressed for a while. It was like really serious journalism, and now you fucking you blew it. Let's talk about AJ's dreams. <laughs> Uh, you don't even want to know, man. Do you have any sex dreams about Hugh Downs, AJ? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> just, just keep oh, it up, Walters. I, alive. No, thank oh. you. Thank you for focusing on AJ. I remember oh. exactly what I was going to say. So, <laughs> it, <laughs> no, it's interesting to me talking about you know the age of of so many people in these circles. You know, it, it's interesting to me too because a lot of the people that I read and on on Twitter and and on these sites like Film.com and everything, it turns out so many of them are just out of college. You know, yeah, They're I don't. And honestly, and I will be quite honest i am not a social butterfly i don't know it i don't know 90 percent of these people yeah i've never even online i've never had conversations are with you anybody. one of these people that just tweets out your thoughts and you don't take anything in you just put everything out into the world and don't take anything back in i'm one of these people who just uses <laughs> twitter to just jerk around I put stuff out there when i think it's funny and that's usually what it is i don't i used to you know they do that thing where you can get your twitter archive mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I made the mistake of getting it and spending like an hour. <laughs> Isn't it great? Listens, Is it not it great? Just, it was so serious. <laughs> oh my god, it was so serious in the beginning. So now I really just use it to jerk around and just <laughs> I goof off with some of my friends. And if somebody says something 
catches my eye, I'll have a conversation. If they respond to me, I try to I try to respond to people as much as I possibly can, as long as I have something to say. Uh, but I don't really I don't really have a, a Twitter strategy right. per se. I right. just kind of just put shit out there that I think is kind of funny. Um, what is the bridge that brings it from We Love Cult to Nerd Bastards, though? I just just went searching for websites. Like literally, I didn't had never heard of the site before. Yeah. I sent an email. And it was just, hey, do you want a writer? And I did that with them, and with Den of No, with Geeks of Doom, mm-hmm. uh, where I wrote for a little while, and I did like an internet, like a web junk column there. Uh, until I left there and focused more on Nerd Bastards. Because at that point, I'd become like an editor with Nerd Bastards uh, and helped like with their feature stuff and developed interviews. I did a lot of cool interviews with Nerd Bastards. Interviewing is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Honestly. I've it never been fun. interviewed before, really. This is new. But right. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, uh, it's my favorite thing to do uh, professionally. I uh, Just work-wise, it's my favorite thing. I love having convers- long conversations with people. Right. I, I have I, Just going into it, knowing their stuff, and just having a conversation. Are you um, of a geek personality that likes keeping up with the newest things that are coming out in the media that you like? In the comics, in the in the in the movies, is that is that something that no, you really like? You don't give a shit. I, I I wouldn't honestly. I would be much happier writing about uh, retro stuff, probably the new stuff. Right, and uh, not having to keep sometimes up. Sometimes you I think sometimes you got to take time to truly appreciate something. I know me personally. I I haven't developed a, a really sound opinion on things. Until I've seen them twice or read I them agree. twice a couple times, I and, agree. I mean, there, there, there are those instances when you absolutely do. But I've had many times when I've gone back and rewatched something a couple years later and really mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, Lost in Translation is my favorite instance because I hated that movie right. the first time I saw it. I just didn't get it. Right. And now it's something I count as one of my favorites. I understand the nuance of it a little bit more. You got to pass through that membrane, you know, because I yeah. feel like that whole you're either coming in with your own set expectation or the expectation and hype of everyone else around you. And if you see that and you don't and it doesn't fit your expectation, that doesn't mean that it doesn't reach it. If it doesn't reach that high expectation or it was just something different than what you expected. And then I feel often, yeah, I, I feel that I'll have something negative to, to think about it. That's very true of the past couple of years. I've been like that. And then watching it a second time, like on home video or, or you know, uh, on TV, all of a sudden I'll be like, you know what? I, I get what people like about this movie. Or if they hated it, you know, I get, I don't get why they don't like it. I, I enjoy this part of it. You know, I enjoy this aspect of it. I just find that I've grown more tolerant over the years yeah. just of the media that I intake. Uh, like there's a show a few years ago. Um, oh, what the hell was it called? Man, I don't remember. The two drag, the two guys who were dressed up as women to get jobs. Yeah. It was a horrible yeah. show. Okay, yeah. Was it Work It, was it, I think? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And Work it. I wrote just the most – it was so – so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Immature. Uh, the review. I mean, I wrote like you know that one scene made me ponder what bleach tasted like, and just like just like it was as bad as running broken glass or an open wound or something like that. It was it was poetic, but it was <laughs> it was childish. Uh, yeah. And you know, just the phrase like this should be canceled, which I don't know that I've ever written it. I may have. It's it's if I have, I regret it because you know these shows are jobs. These are things that people do, and I have that perspective now. So when I write a review, even if it's a negative review, 
I try to I try to give it uh, the benefit of the doubt as much as possible. I mean, there are things that deserve negative reviews. Absolutely, mm. there there when you know you're watching something that's the job. You're watching something that's not good. You have to you know you are there to tell people, hey, this isn't good. To give them that, not to tell them not to watch it, but to put that in their head. Is it all coming from a self aware, introspective place that you're doing this, or is it, or has anybody ever come up to you or gotten in touch with you and said, hey, this is some immature bullshit that you said, or brought your no. attention to it? No, it's it's mostly from a self-aware place. It's just from doing this long enough and reading uh, over what I've done and just knowing and from reading what other people do that there are certain things that uh, occur uh, in this in this profession yeah. uh, or whatever uh, that uh, I would like to not be a part of. And some of those things uh, involve, uh, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs, these people should be fired. <laughs> or, you know, just dismissing something without without going into the reasons why I'm dismissing it. Right. And now, again, we all fall. We all stumble. But, I, you know, I try to be a little more aware when I'm, when I'm reviewing something. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I've actually never had, as far as I can tell, uh, as far as I can recall, I've never really had an, a direct interaction with anybody. Um, Who picked apart your, your writing I had, or anything. No, well, that I've had. I mean, you know, I've had that in comment sections. Although I don't really don't read them that often. Right. Um, and I've had, uh, somebody wrote an article uh, about an article that I wrote once that was not uh, not friendly. What but, was that um, like? It was, seeing it through that prism. Um, not enjoyable, but I'll tell you what, it was, my grammar was shit when I started. Right. And, uh, I, it made me work a lot harder. Yeah. And worked with a couple of friends who really know, uh, what they're doing with yeah. that stuff. The aforementioned Dev Richards, uh, was, was one of those people who helped me out. Uh, my associate editor at Nurbat, excuse me, my associate editor at uh, We Love Cult was a huge help with that. Uh, it was like she put me through, uh, boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, that's another reason why that site stood out because she copy edited everything, so the site looked like really professional. When right. you know, uh, I you know my stuff uh, certainly needed the hand, and I'm a lot better at it now because I've really put the effort in to be better. Uh, but um, it's 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 a process. This is such a weird age because we're all writing. All of us, or any of us that are writing, we're doing it on on a stage. We're doing it in front of people. Sure. You know, it's like, you know, if you were a singer, it's like anytime you sing, you don't sing to yourself in the shower. You're yeah. singing in front of 50 people every yeah. time you pick up a microphone. Yeah. And if you're learning how to sing in that process and it's on, oh, by the way, it's on video. Right. And oh, by the way, if right. you get huge, then somebody can show you that video. Like there are articles that I wrote for helium.com that are just not great. Mm-hmm. And it's an embarrassment that they're out there, but it's also a good thing that they're out there. It keeps me honest. Sure. Is it's Keeps a you process. On your toes, yeah. It does. It's a process. Every single article that I've written, for the most part, is somewhere on the internet for someone to find, and it stands alongside the thing I just wrote that took five or six years of right. polish right. and hard work and editors bashing me over the head and working with me right. to get to a point where I write something that seems good, where I write something that is good enough to be on a screenrant.com mm-hmm. or a comicbookresources.com. Mm-hmm. And I take those sites and those jobs very seriously. Not that I didn't take the other ones seriously, but that was the best I could do at that time. Right. Just like in 10 years from now, if I'm still doing this, I will probably look back at those articles and I'll think the same thing. They were the best that I could do at the time, but I'll be, I will have improved, I hope. Right. You feel um, like you've attained something now? Like, do you no. think that you... Oh, so you're still aspiring to do more and better. He had a conversation with uh, me, Jeremy, AJ, and Paul when we were in the run-up to the Bastard cast, uh, just about the whole notion of the word writer. I don't like to use that word. I think it should be like 
karate with with belts. <laughs> you know, like people who write like for Variety or people who write for Esquire, GQ, those you know, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is such a, of course, it, it's amazing to me. It's an amazing yeah. uh, site. Uh, or excuse me, magazine, it's an amazing publication. People who write for those things, people who are journalists of that degree, yeah, those are black belts. Yeah, I'm like the thing in the middle, maybe. <laughs> and then there are people who just started a blog who are like they have to hold their pants up with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> like I, because but I still wouldn't call myself a writer. I'm uneasy with people who who have who call themselves writers who have not yet uh, who don't deserve that title. Uh, and I really don't ever want to be that person. So I don't so, like it. Do so, I say it when people push me? Yes, I do. But I don't. I'm always uneasy about the term. So someone's not a writer until they've achieved the the black it's belt? It's not. Again, I don't. Uh, to me, yeah. I think I think it's a word. That word means something. That word means it's a cra- Writing is a craft. That is something you've taken yeah. seriously for decades of your life. Something uh, that you have slaved to, to get mm-hmm. to. I feel like if you just started a blog a Tumblr blog and you've written three articles you about call yourself a writer. I think you should call yourself a writer because I think that's a slap in the face to people like, uh, you know, to, 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 to it's just, I feel like that's a slap in the face to, to people who've actually done it for decades. Interesting. It's just, like I said, I've only been doing this for like five, six years at this point. What's I the, don't feel like I deserve to be called a writer either. What's the end game besides uh, dying? Like, what's what's the end? What's the <laughs> That's end? Finite end. <laughs> Everyone has that end game, but what's the what's the end game for you? Like, is the aspiration to be? Yeah, I gotta apologize to any of your listeners. This has got to be so boring. Why? Why? No, I'm this is not, very. I'm not a very interesting person. Jason, you're you're full of shit, man. You are absolutely. This is not this a very is great. Person. No, this is this is great person. stuff. This is great stuff. To actually you see someone. Know, you want to know what the next thing is? What I want to do? Well, a, see, you talk about there. you talk about your passions and everything. Well, is it to 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 aspire to being more of a writer? Are you going to get into writing comic books? Are you going to make a film? Like, what is your What's your end game? I, like, like I said, I wanted to be a journalist for a long, long time. I don't necessarily. I've dabbled with a little bit of fiction. I for forever ago, I had two poems published. If anybody wants to go for an Easter egg hunt <laughs> on the internet, I'm sure you can find them. Um, I've uh, I, I I have a couple of stories in mind, but it's not something I really plan on pursuing. It's just it's a you know it's a it's every writer wants to write everything. I think. Yeah. Uh, but I. I don't know. I just want to do good work. I just want to do good work and ultimately get to a point where I can do anything I want that I feel is interesting uh, in terms of writing. That was kind of the idea with why with why I started the We Love Cult uh, thing. Well, not started, but why I took that on yeah. uh, was because I wanted to write about anything that I wanted to write about. Uh, and then I learned, oh, that's not – it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You've, you have to be German. Nobody's, nobody's yeah. heard of you. So they're not going to let they're not going to talk to you. And I asked about when I was when I was just starting, and I probably put in requests for interviews that I had no business putting them in. But I've done that. <laughs> but I've but I've done that and had success. Well, the, that's that's I've what gotten, they, I've sometimes you put it out there and you get you get the yes, even though it's, I, it's no, absolutely. I think that if you aren't ignorant starting out, you wouldn't have the audacity to do the things that, that actually pay off sometimes. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of luck and I've, I've, I try to be very professional in, in, in my dealings and, yeah. you know, I hope, I hope that I'm well thought of, uh, if, if I'm thought of at all. 
<laughs> in this industry. But uh, as right. far as a long-term goal, uh, like I said, I would love to just be in a position where I can write uh, anything, anywhere that I like. And I'd love to write a book at some point. But I And I have a few ideas kicking around, but it's probably not anywhere near uh, time for that. I don't feel like I'm ready for that. Yeah. I, it'll be, I will, I would rather do something like that a year later than, uh, a year too late than a year too soon in terms of readiness. Uh, I don't feel like I'm uh, at that point. You know what, though, I'd like to say, uh, though, since you have people here listening for some sure. reason to me, sure. for whatever reason, I'm sorry. Jason, again. Jason stop it. Stop. Uh, stop being this guy. Um, stop uh, being low self esteem. Don't be low self esteem. It's not low right self esteem. It's just, you know. Uh, but uh, if, if I'm being honest, when I first started writing stuff, I forgot to mention this, and it's a horrible thing that I forgot to mention it. Uh, I reached out to a guy who I had read his stuff. On ESPN.com, I think it was on page two, mm-hmm. maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, it was before Grantland, so I think it was page two. And it was an article about a guy who played for the Dallas Cowboys, and I sent him an email and just struck up a conversation with the guy. That's great. And his name is Jeff Perlman. He's a guy who's written for SportsIllustrated.com. He's written a bunch of sports books, great sports books. Uh, and uh, he, I, I asked him if I could send him some of my work, and he gave, he was honest with me. And he, you know, he gave me some tips. He told me... You know, he he gave me some compliments. Mm-hmm. Let me know that you know this wouldn't be insane to pursue, right. but was honest about how hard it is to pursue. Right. Somebody who is in a, at an established place to take the time to actually I... talk to somebody who is who is not an established place to kind of give them some to 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 be honest with them to not sugarcoat yeah. it what it is and and what they need to work on. Uh, but that was a really cool thing. And and even though I as I said I'm nowhere near the level of established. Um, when I've had uh, when I've had the chance and I've had younger writers uh, ask me a question, I do try to answer. And I do try to be helpful with yeah. that situation. So that's a thing. Like if yeah. you're ever in a position, even if you're like I said, if you're not in an established place, if you're even in the middle ground or wherever, I think it's a good thing to try to pay it forward a little and try to help. Absolutely, I think it's indispensable because there's so many bad yeah. writers out there, and there's so many people who have such a uh, such a high opinion of their stuff. They've right. never been edited. Right. Uh, and at that point, it really hadn't been edited. Well, look at you too. I mean, if anybody, if anybody, can use you as an example, as someone who wanted to get better and better at this, and wanted to to kind of refine a craft work, even if you, you know, even if you don't think that you deserve a, a master uh, writer uh, title. I feel like anybody who does that for you and, and can pay it forward, it's indispensable. I can imagine if I didn't have uh, film professors, if I didn't have screenwriting professors that didn't do that for me, if I couldn't call up one of my um, my good professors from, from Towson University and be able to talk to him about something, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be able yeah. to talk to him and, and, kind of, and kind of analyze myself, analyze my own work. Yeah, writing is a weird thing. It's because uh, you can't. It's you can't actually take talk take it to somebody and really ask them how to solve a problem, how yeah. to get from point A to point B, because then it's not you writing it. Yeah, you've kind of just it's it's I don't know the word. It's you've just got to kind of sit back and you know take the things you've learned in terms of how to get your head right, how to clear yourself, how to you know how to know what you want to say. I think that's the biggest thing is yeah. knowing what you want to say. Right, uh, and that's a thing that comes over time. Uh, 
but everybody has their own way to do it. I mean, I know there are people who write with – I've had conversations with other writers who try to think about what the reader wants to read. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. It's really not about that to me. It's really what do I want to say? What sounds right to me? I write right. – it's, it's very um, – the, the audience is not – is not a point to you. It's not. I don't care. The reader. I don't, it's nothing against anybody. It's. I really appreciate it when people read my stuff, but I don't. I can't. I don't think you should pay. You attention don't write for to them. It. You write for yourself. Yeah, I don't think you should write for your audience. I think that leads you down bad paths. Okay. I think that makes you second guess what you're thinking. Oh right. So you uh, could probably yeah. So you could kind of mold it to something that they yeah, would like or want. Exactly. Because everybody yeah. likes praise. Nobody yeah. wants to get ripped apart in comment sections. Why I think it's useful to not really read comment sections. Yeah. I, I like criticism. I like I like constructive criticism, but I I prefer to seek it out from peers and from editors. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to to readers. Not nothing again. Nothing against readers. It's just they're not coming from a constructive place. A lot of the times, it's people feel. Uh, passionate about a topic, they feel like you're wrong. They want to tell you you're wrong, and maybe they want to, you know, say something to hurt your feelings along the way for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the nature of the internet. I just don't see a lot of value in it. So, you know, when I've had a chance to talk to a, a writer or two who has, you know, been been ripped apart in a comment section, I tell them not to give a shit about it. Honestly, right. um, that's great advice, man. But I, uh, yeah, when I, I mean, when I, I'm not saying I never think about the the listener, the listener, just listener, reader, excuse me. But I mostly just kind of write to, hey, what sounds right? Mm-hmm. What sounds best in my head? How What's, are you conveying your thought? Yeah, it's almost a musical thing, which is the douchiest thing I've ever said. But <laughs> it sounds that to me, a, a sentence has to, there has to be a flow, a structure. It has to kind of feel yeah I, I like to i like to use uncommon words i like to have a lyrical flow at times yeah. uh it's it's because to me that's when i can hold up a paper so i make pretty words because <laughs> that's what i prefer that's what pleases me that's what i those are the boxes i'm trying to check off you talk as well as obviously conveying an opinion etc and being intelligent and being original you talk about your your mom being able to see a magazine that you were published in how do your parents feel about this career that you've chosen Ah, uh, they say they're proud. My mom is. Uh, my mom was uh, has done some children's work. Uh, not published, but she she is someone who wanted to write uh, a lot uh, when she was younger, and she still pursued it as a hobby. Um, so I think she's proud proud of that. My father is proud of it. Uh, I don't. You know, I, it's again. It's I'm 31 years old. I don't. If they were not proud, then that would be their problem. <laughs> so you stopped uh, looking for. I showed – you know, you always have it, I think. I don't think you can actually fully avoid it, but I try my best to yeah. to not care about it. But I put – I like, I, yeah, I put – when I had the first magazine, I got a copy from my mom and showed it to her, and they had a nice reaction. That was a cool thing. And it's a cool thing to – you know, it's a cool thing to show your parents that you're not a fuck-up. Absolutely. But it's not it's not a thing that lets me live or die. Good. Good. What do you – I've been meaning to ask you this for a while. Oh, like, AJ, how are you doing? You doing good? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Actually, I did want to mention um, – my mom, uh, when I, when I was a kid, I back was, to me, Craig. <laughs> Jesus, um, I was actually like a, I was a, an advisor to Nickelodeon magazine when I was a kid. Holy shit! I think you told me this once. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is uh, it? What is an advisor? <laughs> um, like every time, every time I got an issue in the mail, there would be like a detailed like survey and like a bunch of spaces for me to put like my honest opinion about 
like the content and not just the content, but like the arrangement and the appearance of the magazine. <laughs> I, I did that for like, I think a year. And uh, my name was published along with the, the names nice. of all the other uh, advisors in the, the issue, the 2001 issue with, uh, with Mike Myers and Shrek on the cover. Nice. My mother still has an unopened <laughs> copy of it. <laughs> yeah, put that shit on eBay. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, Jason, you 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 stepped all over my my bit. I was going to say I've been uh, wanting to ask you this for a long time. What do you think of AJ as a person? I, I mean, you know, we joke around on podcasts, <laughs> but I I like him. He's an earnest. He's an earnest young chap. He's okay. Uh, I like. He's a good writer. Uh, I really have enjoyed his because uh, he rev- he did some comic reviews for me at Screen Invasion, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he he's really good. I like him. That's awesome. uh, I like his uh, I like his reviews. I like his take. He's somebody who um, I, I don't like reviewers who um, are really just concerned with telling you they liked it or they didn't right. like it. Right. I like somebody who's going to give you the reasons. I like somebody who's going to flesh right. it out for you. Right. Show their uh, work. He, yes. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Show their well. Show their process. Mm-hmm. Show me how you got to not liking it. How you got to liking it. Yeah. It's not just here's 300 words about praise. You know of praise. Yeah. It's this is why. And AJ does that really good. He constructs and deconstructs well. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy him as a writer, uh, and uh, he's a funny guy, and uh, okay. he is he is game. When we did the Breaking Bad <laughs> podcast for Screen Invasion. He is a game motherfucker. We will. He he was willing and able until he abandoned me at the end. But uh, with a parade of fifty eight thousand excuses why he couldn't do the last couple of episodes. But oh, apart no. from that, I broke him. It's fine. But uh, he uh, no, he's 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 a good guy. I like him. Thank, thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Right, so it's a small bit, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. Now, one thing, but okay. AJ, uh, I, I, I want to present the same question to you. Oh, do you I got to go. <laughs> do you feel uh, that it is a uh, an albatross on your shoulders to keep up with um, current news, with the constant changing cycle, the progressiveness oh. of movies and TV and the things that you love to, to, to read and watch and everything? Absolutely, uh, it's something I've been dealing with lately. Um, like it's, I realized there was a problem when I started to feel stressed about the the media I was consuming. <laughs> like that's something that's unhealthy. That's extremely unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I read uh, some someone said recently, like they were uh, they were too lazy to consume media, which is literally the easiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> and the only was, thing that you need to just open your eyes or open your ears to. <laughs> Right, and I was I was kind of getting to feel the same way. Like I haven't watched uh, like all the TV shows that I watched. I haven't watched any of them in months. Um, right. I haven't read co- uh, new comics in a few months, and it's getting to the point where like I'm so far behind that I don't even like like I'm honestly like I've spent time trying to think about how I'm going to get back into it. Like, do I care enough to like like now I'm starting to make decisions like which shows am I going to return to? Which comics am I going to pick back up? And I, I don't know. I need to. I just need to. I need to cool it with the with the new stuff. Like I, 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 I almost feel like Jason uh, was talking about earlier. I really. Um, I I always like to keep up on the new movies, the yeah. new shows, all that. But I'm also sort of feeling that I just want to like. You focus so much on the present that uh, you forget there's, you know, decades yeah. of yeah. of. There's libraries stuff. of things, of retro, right. of of things that you need to. I feel like that, that you need to experience, and 
I think that everybody's just like, what is new? What have you done for me lately? Let me watch the newest movie by Park Chan-wook. Or, you know, let me let me watch this or read this or do this now because everybody's talking about it. I want to be in the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? It's also a hardship, I think, because the zeitgeist is full of yeah. air and yeah. fluff and rumors and stuff. It's yeah. not – there's not necessarily a lot of hard – facts out there that we're reporting on that we're talking about and it's important to report on it and talk about it because you're a you're in a race and b it's it's interesting people like to talk about this stuff people like to imagine who could be batman and it's cool to be a part of that conversation but in the same breath it gets really fucking laborious when there's like 18 casting rumors a day about star wars and none of them wind up being true right you know but, you, it, it, but when they are true, when it's announced, then what are you going to talk about? Well, guess what? You have a whole extra year of hearing this bullshit <laughs> about Superman and Batman. I'm looking at it from a positive standpoint. I'm looking at this is the year that I get. It's an extra year that the, the angels up in heaven have given me to try and convince <laughs> the world to make Batman and Superman Friendship is Magic the official title. A Batman Superman. It's something we've been working on at the Bastard Cast. Every time Jeremy writes about it on Nerd Bastards, I go in and change his article. So that that's the title that he uses. He's been re- he's been a little reluctant to make it a thing, but now we have an extra year to make it a thing. So. Is that the story in your head uh, that they are very it's much just, like That's just the title I want. It's, just, it's, it's the title that we need, and it's the title that I want. It's the one we deserve. <laughs> do you it's, think it's a uh, we've been given an extra year for this movie to maybe not be shitty? Why do we fall, DJ? <laughs> we fall so that we can call it Batman and Superman Friendship is Magic. Okay, that's why Ben Affleck fell. Has there has there been confirmation or at least rumors about why the extra year? Ben Affleck uh, leg injury was the rumor that I heard, but I don't think that's been proven. I think that was dismissed pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know. My, you know what the saddest thing about it is? And nobody's talking about this. Uh, and golly, I, I, I probably should write something because, you know, because uh, uh, I have that ability. And then, <laughs> and then 60 people can read it. Uh, but um, do, you get, do you get hung up on how many people consume the things you do? You yeah. say that you don't care about the audience, but do you care about the... The people that consume your podcast or consume your your it's nice when writings. the numbers are big. It's when it's when it's small. It's less nice, but I still you track them. I still put it no. You don't. No, I, I I don't have the ability to track them for the for the bigger sites that I write for. Uh, and B, I no. If I'm not doing a good job, if people aren't reading my stuff, I won't. They won't let me write there anymore. Right. So that'll be how I know. But as far as that stuff, as far as tracking it, I really don't have that ability with any of the sites that I write for because I don't own them. Right. Uh, and, you know, most times when you write for a site, they're not going to tell you the numbers. I mean, some sites, it's out there. Like, I have a, f- a friend who writes for Forbes, and it's, like, right there on the top of the page. Mm-hmm. So he knows. Sure. Uh, I, I don't have that ability. Uh, and I we've, it's or, or maybe I do, and I could just ask, but I, <laughs> I haven't asked. I don't know. But no, not really. I mean, I notice, a, like, a Twitter account or a Facebook account yeah. every so often. Yeah. Or a comment count. Yeah. I don't read the comments, but I'll check out the number of comments every once in a while. Just to see are people just, talking about this. Jason, you, you're that quintessential, if you don't mind me saying, that fat kid that just wants to be accepted. I'm the, I was the same <laughs> way. Really. I'm, just the, I'm just the fat kid who just wants to. I mean, from, from my point of view, I mean, I, I the stuff that I do is extremely small beans, like uh, 
gobbledygook and uh, pretty much anything I do. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I didn't mean that. You like got that. really. Uh, I didn't mean that. You're putting the way. gun barrel just, in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, you know, people. You know, not many people listen to gobbledygook or read what I write. Um, I, you know, going back to what Jason was saying earlier, it's it's mainly a selfish thing. I don't I don't really care. It's um, pa- you're both passionate about what you do. That's all you need. Really? Yeah, to being passionate about what you do, I don't necessarily think there's a correlation between being passionate that, that people hear it, but it's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's nice when oh, I know that, you know, absolutely. many people read or heard a thing. What that is I did. this laser sound I keep I'm hearing? I'm so sorry. I was, doing this, I was doing this one there show. I have like a little ray gun. I'm sorry. He's shooting a ray gun. <laughs> sorry. I know, what I was saying. How was, old um, are you, AJ? I am, I'm 11 <laughs> uh, next month. And what I was saying was um, you have the ability to write something. No, no, not that shit. The, the, fuck that stuff. We're done. That's over. Please, okay? For their sake, for my sake, for your sake, for everybody's sake, that's over. Uh, before we start asking about my feelings or <laughs> my, my, you know, if my mom hugged me enough or whatever. Let's, Do you resent right. that? Should I have not no, used no, that fine. line of question? I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it, which is probably, you know, for the best. Because if you had told me to expect it, I probably would have not done it. I would have I made like it. I would have made an excuse like Jeremy. Greg's uh, <laughs> introspective, man. I do want to. I this this I find fascinating when I talk to people. You know what? I would find it fascinating to hear uh, uh, somebody who does this talk. It just I would it would just it would be more fascinating if it was someone other than me. Probably. <laughs> but anyway, what I want to say is uh, the thing that sucks hard about the uh, about the delay is this was a big deal to the city of Detroit. You know, they were right. going to spend a lot of money there. Right. Uh, and that meant jobs. And these people now have to wait. So everybody's talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe I got to wait a year to see Batman. Uh, Those people yeah, have to wait yeah. a year to get that paycheck. Yeah. You know, this was going to go into – this was going to start shooting real soon. Yeah. Like January or like late February, I think, was when they were talking about starting shooting. It was weeks away. It's – And those those jobs, that I don't know what that process is as far as like if sets had been built yet or <laughs> – how that went. I'm or sorry. AJ Billy, the ray gun when I'm, I'm talking I'm about s- unemployment in Detroit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Put it away. It's gone. It's gone. Set phaser to come This back. is why OCP took over because of kids like you, okay? <laughs> anyway, no. um, that's, that's a sad thing, though. And then yeah. no, nobody's really talking about that is what happens to these people who were waiting. And this was going to be a big deal. Plus, it was cool when they were talking about the Justice League movie was going to film mm-hmm. right after. Because I was wondering, and I think people were wondering, is Justice League going to film Detroit too? Yeah. And people joked about it, and I, you know, I joked about yeah. it when they, you know, made the decision to go to Detroit. But that's an area that's really hurting. So mm-hmm. that would have been really cool and helpful. And now that that'll have to wait, and hopefully they, it's still going to film there. All they got is a RoboCop statue now. Melt <laughs> <laughs> that down. Yeah. To melt that sucker down. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, I feel it's it's very weird, especially nowadays, that they would set a date for, especially a humongous superhero movie like this that has so so much spotlight on it, and then have such a dramatic delay. Isn't that weird these days to have that happen? I mean, it's a year delay. I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I'm, that's pretty I'm dramatic. It is, it is. And I really expected it to be Star Wars, too. <laughs> yeah. I really did. I yeah. totally expected that kind of delay for Star Wars. I mean, I know there was a little delay, but I expected that kind of big delay for Star Wars, not yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I, I don't, uh, I, I'm so pessimistic about this, this movie in general and the, the, the entire future of DC movies. Um, but I, I, the, to me, the year delay, um, besides the whole, uh, 
Detroit thing. That that's I I'd not even consider that angle, Jason. You're a, you're a better human being than I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying, AJ? <laughs> um, to me, I mean, uh, this. I I my hope is that it it will be it will be a better movie for having waited that year. I don't know if that it will be, ah, but shit. what are they going to do in a year that they couldn't do? What, yeah. what what's come exactly. on? Exactly. Exactly. I don't really buy that. That's what I don't get. I mean, like it had to have been some some bullshit, some bullshit uh, fucking studio exec. Or some some you know move money around type thing, or we need to go up against some movie that's coming out. Is there any other movie that's supposed to be coming out as their competition? When two thousand fifteen? In two thousand sixteen? Yeah, there's they're opening up supposedly on the the weekend that Marvel selected before they even yeah, named for the, the phase title. Three. For whatever movie, that's what I, man. Maybe this will stop the whole release date thing. Yeah. Where studios are picking release dates three years into the future, yeah, right, and just parking stuff there. To I just it, you don't even have a movie yet. You Cream, don't have a script creamy. or a director or a, or an actor right. or a title or what character it right. is putting their their uh, flag in the sand. Well, is. it's a lot of pressure, and you know it's uh, why rush it? Why put that kind of deadline and that kind of pressure on yeah. a filmmaker? Like the the date with Joss Whedon for the first Avengers. I'm not saying that it felt rushed. I'm just saying. You know, I just I don't think it's fair to put that kind of burden on a filmmaker to say when they get the job and the clock starts now. Let them go through the process. Let them make the film. I, but I understand it from the other side too. Ah, it's do they really? Do people who get really excited about these movies do they put it in their calendar and count it down? Do they really care? I don't know. I know I don't care. I I, I mean it's care. it's interesting. The whole 2015 thing was interesting to me because it just felt like. One thing after the other was yeah. getting loaded onto that year, yeah. Uh, and I, it just, I didn't understand why that was. Uh, and I, f- I felt like they were just gonna like San Diego Comic Con this year was just gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be, be an apocalypse, is what it was. Gonna yeah, be. it was gonna, it was gonna be like the ninth one of the world. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, uh, it still will be. It'll just be slightly less, I guess. Although, can you? I, I can't really imagine. Uh, DC not still uh, running something mm-hmm. uh, out there for yeah. for Superman Batman definitely friendship is magic, <laughs> uh, I, but it's I don't. Be under I don't his voice. That's another thing. Is this going to be like? Are they going to take the cycle at, at San Diego Comic Con this year, and the next year, and the next year? Right. Are are we going to get tired of hearing about this movie? It's going to be, I think, similar to what video games have been doing recently. Big AAA titles. How how the ones that have gotten delayed. I remember uh, Halo Two and Halo Three, and uh, you know, currently the the next game that's supposed to be coming out from the makers of Shadow of the Colossus from uh, Team Ico. It's been like seven years into the development, and every year, at least early on, they had something big to show, and everybody was, you know, waiting for something. But they would just have, you know, their little, their little place at, you know, uh, at um, video game shows and stuff like that. E3. I just feel like, yeah, it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be something that's gonna be a placeholder, another, you know, maybe another reveal of who this person is that's gonna be, you know, a cameo. Or maybe it's gonna be another teaser trailer, you know? Just to keep them interested. I mean, I don't think it's hard to get people interested in in these movies. Not in Superman like, and Batman. <laughs> or, or Star Wars. Yeah. I know like Jeremy was talking, he was shocked at how uh, prevalent the rumors are for uh, Superman Batman mm-hmm. Friendship is Magic <laughs> and uh, 
he's right. I've never seen that before. It's yeah. it's more more than any money any movie I've seen before. Star Wars is, has, certainly has it uh, has is coming up in the rear, but the Marvel movies really don't get as many uh, rumors as yeah. uh, as these films do, which is it's interesting. It's an odd bird when when you consider it is the whole. I mean, this has been the year of the rumor. Yeah, I think. Or as we tried to coin on this on the cast, somebody probably already coined it already. The Numer, <laughs> uh, which is the news and rumor combined. <laughs> it sounds like tumor. Yeah, it sounds, it like does, tumor. sounds a lot like tumor. Just as yeah. bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, this has been the year of the Numer. Is what this is. Uh, with Star Wars and Batman, Superman, Friendship is Magic, and uh, Doctor Who before right. they cast uh, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> I just have to say, I am I am as uninterested as possible in all of that shit. Like I oh, really I, stop. You'll I, be I, I there. I don't care. You'll be no, there. No, 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 when no. That's not what I mean. I, when no, it's no. in French with subtitles, you will. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. That's that's not what I mean. I didn't mean I'm uninterested in the, like the end result. Like I'm so uninterested in the rumor mill, man. I I don't care. Like, AJ, I want... AJ, have you ever gotten a superhero superhero movie like Avengers or Iron Man three? You know your favorite movie from last year. You got it on Blu-ray and everything, and you put it in, and you only put on the the French track. Um, I only I only did that with uh with the Ang Lee Hulk. I turned black black and white with the with the Swedish track and uh, the the French subtitles. It made it much better, much better. Uh, but no, I just I just mean I I'm interested in like movies, but I don't care about all the rumors. I just don't. Yeah. I sometimes something cool comes it's, out like it's I was clickbait, right? It's clickbait. Oh, uh, probably a lot of it is. I mean, like I said, people like to talk about it. It's fan, you know, it's like fantasy baseball, yeah. fantasy football. It's fantasy Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, people like to talk about this stuff. It it's keeps the keeps the uh, keeps uh, it keeps the world lubricated, mm-hmm. for lack keeps of a the less, world uh, lubricated. Keeps the world lubricated. Keeps this keeps, keeps it rolling. Keeps it going. Keeps the industry. Keeps comic books. Keeps movies. Keeps people interested. Keeps it lubricated. So yeah. it, there, it has a function. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad for the industry, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's good, but I think. You know, I think a little of it is good. I think a lot of it is probably bad because I think it undermines the end result. Yeah. Uh, and I think people getting all worked up and having an opinion about a movie before they've even seen a trailer or before someone's even cast, I think maybe we should just, you know, grains of salt, you know, a uh, m- moment of moment of calm, mo- a moment of breath mm-hmm. uh, before these uh, when these rumors uh, go out. And I've been I've done it, too. We've all had that that kind of you know that reactive kind of that that monkey brained instinct uh, to kind of throw our poop at a at a at a rumor. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to you know I'm trying that's another thing I'm trying to be self aware. I'm trying to Your poop. curb that because yeah I'm trying to keep my poop in line <laughs> uh, because like when Affleck that was crazy yeah the response to Affleck was nuts yeah uh, you know and it was it was coming because of the Daredevil thing yeah but you know they're actors. They act. They mm-hmm. they pr- they play make pretend for a living. Yeah, they take so on they take on characters. Yeah, and he's good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I I'm I'm not terribly concerned about his ability to do it. It's you know I think he's got the look down. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, about it, but and most times it, it's it, when do they when are they when was the last time they actually really fucked up a casting choice? Yeah. Think I back. Can... When was the last time they? Fucked up a casting choice. Ghost Arnold Rider, maybe. Maybe Ghost Rider. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think Ghost Rider was worth it, 
just for the, in the second one so Nicolas Cage could go, I'm scratching at the door. I'm scratching. <laughs> that Gotta was, let him out. That's a pretty awesome line. But yeah, um, uh, I, I but think, yeah, just, when was know, the last Jesse, time they really fucked it up? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh, Mr. Freeze. Okay, good point. I mean, industry-wide, I can understand that. I can understand that, cho- that choice. Yeah. Shaq? Yeah. Shaq. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, Jessica Alba is Sue Storm. Uh, you know what, though? The 90s were such a time of boundary-finding for those movies. They didn't know what... Where the... They didn't know where the ceiling was. Mm-hmm. That's why I love it. It's, it's a thing I wrote a long time ago. For uh, very aware, uh, I really kind of feel like Batman and Robin uh, is a really important movie uh, yeah. for the comic book movie industry yeah. because it, it let them know where too far was. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it's and it's it's too far is purple, <laughs> and it looks like a toy commercial and it has nipples. Uh, but it let them know where the where the ceiling was, yeah. and you know, back in the days of Steel and back in the you know in the ba- in the days of Batman and Robin, people they didn't know they didn't know what where. They didn't have people's res- imagine. They they didn't have. I'll agree. They didn't have respect for the material and for the fans of that yeah. material. To a degree, they kind of figured like, ah, we're giving them something that is Batman. It's, a, it's just a money machine. You know, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to go down that. I don't want to go that far. I'll say there are some people who just kind of discount Batman it. and Robin wasn't a money machine. No, I, that was. But I'm saying just <laughs> in general, the mindset behind bringing these these titles to life. Right. I don't think it was just about hey, hey let's rub our hands together and make a bunch of money. Uh, because there are some films that were in that era that were made with love. Dick Tracy yeah. is a great film sure. uh, that is probably 10 years too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie, the way that movie looks, considering yeah. when it was made, considering yeah. that it was, I think, the only predecessor that was established at that time was Batman mm-hmm. for comic book movies, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Superman, obviously. But, I mean, in that that era. Yeah. Um, that movie looks fantastic, and it's obviously a passion project. I mean, the Blade uh, so movies, the Blade movies were yeah going back further. That was a, those were good movies. Uh, I, I don't I'm, think I don't think there were just I don't think there were just commercial things, but I think it, there was a time when they cared less yeah. about pleasing fans. Yeah. Do they care about pleasing fans completely now? I just watched Star Trek Into Darkness with my wife today. I don't know <laughs> uh, because that piss that movie pisses me off because sure. of the hand on the glass bullshit sure. uh, with 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 the Kirk's box. Mm-hmm. Which spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it's not a comic book movie, but it's in the same genre. Yeah, I almost but, think uh, that I'm no Star Trek expert, but I almost think uh, Star Trek Into Darkness is sort of like the. Uh, it's like fa- the wrong kind of fan service. Like I think that was their goal. But it was it was almost too crass an attempt to like to divert expectation, or or to just to like to check off the boxes like oh, oh we're we're gonna like uh, reverse the the Kirk Spock thing we're gonna yeah. do the obvious reference but it was like it wasn't it wasn't what people actually wanted. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would agree with that. But uh, just in, in going back, uh, you know, hire, hiring Shaq to play Steel. Uh, the Batman Robin thing. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, these were things that were done because the people didn't know that people would call bullshit on them. I think they didn't, not that they didn't necessarily, maybe they didn't care, but maybe they kind of just figured they'll, they'll love it. They're, they're eating this stuff up with a spoon boys. Yeah. Let's keep churning it out. Well, those casting decisions are not out of left field either. You're taking someone who's extremely popular at the time. Yeah. 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 Like Schwarzenegger and like, yeah, yeah. like Shaquille O'Neal, but there's, there's more to it. Yeah. 
than that. And I think that's something that's been realized now. So, you know, when in the last 10 years has there been a casting choice that's been just an abomination? Like a real one. Not not with this this, uh, generation of movies. There's too too much money on the line. There's too many hands in the... In the, in the, there's too many hands in the till. There's too many people that are, are forming these these clay statues uh, for, for them to really fuck them up. You can make one that's not going to be well-received, mm-hmm. and the story can absolutely suck. Right. It's a lot easier to fuck up a story than it is to fuck up the casting. Right. And it's more evident when the story's fucked up than when the casting is. Well, guys, uh, I mean, the, the advantage here is that we're not going to know which websites we're going to be able to go to anyway, because... We might not even be able to get the news or be part of the rumors or hear about the things that are going to be coming out in 2016 because of net neutrality, right? Something that we talked about on the last episode a little bit. I'm going to have to write for a penny saver. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, that's a thing where I, I know we've talked off-cast about this stuff and kind of yeah. wanted to touch on it a little bit more because it's such a big developing story the internet is so it's still it's hard to think of it this way but it is kind of still in its formative stages right. i think you know it, it's 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 uh, the the we've just gotten to a point where streaming is something that we all have access to right. and not even all of us all of us don't have access to streaming just for the record uh i don't know the the i don't know the the I don't know the numbers, but I know it's not like there's a hundred percent DSL service or uh, available in, in this country. Yeah. Certainly not in this world. They still got the there's, rabbit ears somewhere. Yeah, there's there's, still five, they're like three percent of people still use dial-up. Yeah, it's still a thing. So you know, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we're all you know living on Netflix yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there, you know, it's growing towards that where we will have that ability. But yeah, Netflix has become a part of our life. Uh, Hulu is a part of our life. We're able to cut cords. We're able to watch media and take it in at our, uh, at our, uh, on our timetable. Uh, net neutrality does threaten that, and it's a stupid. Basically, in two thousand two, they decided that it was a uh, an information system. Mm-hmm. It wasn't part of telecommunications. It wasn't something that could be regulated like right. phones. Right. And it's something they can reverse. It's just there'll be a political cost for it. They'll be back and forth. You know, they'll be fighting in Washington and whatnot uh, to get that happen. If they do, if they do that, then then it can be regulated, uh, the same as phones, and we don't have to worry about the net neutrality thing. Uh, if they don't do that, though, then Verizon and these companies can set up services where they can f- essentially throttle service mm-hmm. to certain sites. Like I, I've seen the example that if Verizon invested in a Hulu, for example. Right. Then they could make that service extremely quick, and everybody else, like Netflix and the mm-hmm. competition, would you'd see buffering, and it'd be really, it would exactly. just be slower. Exactly. They would cut to the head of the line, yep. and that's really not good for the business of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's not good for movies. It's not, you know, how many movies have we seen now? We're seeing the, the a rise in web series. We're seeing right. uh, all of that uh, material, all of that uh, content coming out. Shows that are living just for Netflix. Yeah, definitely. Great shows. Great shows. Definitely. Uh, art, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that's that's a risk, and it's also a risk that they're going to uh, that these sites might have to start charging more, and that it'll keep there'll be a haves and a have-nots, uh, Morlocks and Eloy. Eloy, what is it? Help me, Eloy. Hey, From the time machine. I have no idea. Oh, you're well. At least I tried. 
Uh, <laughs> at least I tried to sound literate. Um, but uh, haves and a have-nots. Truly. Uh, so it's a, it's a danger. It's a real, real danger because if if we you know if we if we segment who gets access to art, if we segment who gets access to information, uh, and only the people with money get access to information, that's that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and that's the understatement of the world. It's all the it was against like everything the internet was. I don't know. To be, it is the internet. Be. The internet. The internet is a, is a blank canvas, as an open road. Right. Uh, you should be able to go anywhere. It's democratic. It's yep. really. I love the fact. I love. I both love and hate to a degree. Uh, the fact that I can write about something the same as anybody else. Right. Uh, and get and it's it's about being good as opposed to you know to having the money to to put it forward. You can. Right. I, perfect example. The uh, the thing with um, with Donald Logue this week, with uh, the 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 uh, Latina review rumor about him playing Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> that story went up. Every site under the sun wrote about it because Latina review has a track record. They're off often right. They're not always right, but they're often right. <laughs> uh, and uh, they have a track record of that. So people run with that rumor. They post articles about it. Big sites post articles about it. Right. Nerdbastards.com, and I'm just it's a coincidence that I write there. I'm not, you know, I didn't do this. Uh, but Luke Gallagher from that site asked Donald Logue, sent him a tweet, and asked if it was true. Donald Logue let him know that it wasn't. Luke had an exclusive for Nerdbastards, which is nowhere near these big sites. Right. It's a it's a it's a mid it's a mid range site. It's a it's performs well. It has readers. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a Tumblr blog. Sure, it's it's got a good audience, but yeah. it's not Vulture. Right, it's not you know these huge sites. It's not Cinema Blend. Right, that was something you know. I'm not saying that necessarily of net neutrality. You know, in the in age past net neutrality, that that's not something that could happen. But but the it's, accessibility it's, that you've been exactly talking about, it's democratic. Yeah. They're able to put that article out at the same time, and people are able to click that article as right. easily as they click an article for Vulture. So in that moment in time. They win. Right. They win the internet because they did it right. Right. And that's that's beautiful in a way. That people it keeps it keeps the other guys honest. Surely. Honestly. Surely. When when you have these these people with uh, smaller sites that can they can upend you like that, it keeps you honest. Right. You so have the the fr- you have the the two uh, friends that have everything, all the toys, you know. Yeah. And they're the only ones that get to dictate who, you know can uh, borrow this or play their new Game Gear game or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, you get to this point where what what you want to be interested in should be a, a free-to-play, should be completely your 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 freedom to go anywhere to, to get your news, to, well, to you watch your show. Media. you got to keep free media. The, that's the best to, thing about yeah. the Internet. The Twitter, inter, you know, Twitter media, people uh, are on Twitter yeah. breaking news stories well before anybody else does. Yeah. I was on Twitter watching the... Uh, the, uh, the 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 events in Egypt a couple of years ago unfold right. on Twitter, and then all of a sudden the media picks up on it an hour later, right. and it's all through Twitter and people in Egypt are tweeting and people are retweeting and it's all it's getting across the globe, yeah, like a, like a like a like a sneeze across a room. It was yep. it was amazing uh, to watch something like that and to see that happen. Uh, it, it's it's something that exists because of free media because people can just do that. Yep. They don't have to worry about mm, I can't tweet that because I only have enough internet bites to to watch a video of a cat on YouTube. Yeah, 
that's more important. It's good that we're free. It's good that we can. It has it has that feeling of the uh, the Starbucks in town, you know, uh, scaring away the uh, the brick and mortar or the you know local coffee shop. Because also you have this situation of it's going to impact podcasting. It's going to impact podcasters oh, and podcasting to death. Yeah, it'll especially especially if it is a competition of. Um, the competition of Apple or the competition of Lipson or any of who's these gonna services. Pay, who's going to pay to, no offense to you, or and it's the same thing for my show, it's the same thing for That's AJ's true. show, who's going to pay to listen to us? Right. I, we're, it's a free service. We, we do it out of the, we right. do it because we love to do it. Unless you have that three ninety nine Lipson app, which I, no, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, nobody's going to pay to, yeah. to listen to, to these podcasts. They're going to, you know, they'll pay for some pockets, but they're not going to pay for these pockets. Yeah, so they're going to pay for what the fuck? They're not going to pay. Yeah, for these them. shows will these shows will die, and whatever. Maybe that's okay. Maybe there needs to be a reaping because there's too many, there's too many <laughs> websites, there's too many podcasts. No, I'm sure I'm serious. Too many websites or too many podcasts. Maybe the words actor and filmmaker and writer and broadcaster have become corrupted by the flood of people <laughs> doing those things and using those terms. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's so. But I'd rather have that. I'd rather have too many of them. I'd rather have an influx of information and so many choices that my head feels like it's spinning. Yeah. And only have one. And only have one that's approved by a cable company because they work right. with a big company and it's right. a big business and everything like that. It's it's bad. It's a lot of news will get will throw through the cracks. You have to worry about people's other obligations, mm-hmm. corporate ties. Mm-hmm. Synergy, baby. Data caps, everything. Free media, free media is is uh, free media is necessary. I'm not saying we're saving the world by reporting on movie news. Yeah, but it's it's important that people can report freely on this stuff, and people don't have to worry about paying for how much internet they can they can access. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. it's small minded to block these to block out to blot out the sun mm-hmm. to yes. block out all these sites and all these podcasts and everything the more the merrier yes the more users the better i understand they think that they can get away with it doing it like cell phone companies do with the fucking you know they'll have like two separate types of plans though this one's you can free anytime and this one's really free mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. Right. and all that shit or here's an extra charge cuz you go on youtube a lot yeah this that reminds stuff. me of like AOL it is. It's exactly that. It's it's you got you know save up your discs. We talked about that last time. <laughs> but I think if I think what I think they're gonna keep I I think they're gonna keep an eye on it. I don't think it's gonna get out of hand right now. But I don't like that it could. I'd like I would like a law in the book saying this is not going to happen. The internet shall remain free and clear for people to navigate. It's one you know they're not gonna be able to to throttle your service. They're not gonna be able to break it down and charge you like a cable company does. For every channel, which is a it's 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 a terrible thing that they were trying to take out in cable now with trying to do the a la carte uh, right. a la carte uh, pricing on cable, right. which I think would be a great thing. And I think it's absolutely more representative of the time that we're in right now, where people don't want to buy these massive cable packages. I can't tell. I'm not watching shit on A and E. Okay, I don't need to pay for A and E. I don't not, need to not, a, not a Duck Dynasty fan. <laughs> not a Duck Dynasty fan. Well, I don't need to pay for any. Might... I don't need Nickelodeon because ever since they killed the Nickelodeon magazine, it hasn't <laughs> been the same. <laughs> uh, I think that it might, I don't know, it depends on what side of the aisle you're on, I guess. It, I, it might be an empty promise, but Obama's administration says that they want to keep it free. They're, they're interested in, in, in maintaining a free internet. Hey, that's great. Yeah. How about a law? Yeah. 
Or how about some kind of policy change that says uh, that yeah, okay, the definitely. internet is telecommunications? It's yeah, not the FCC definitely. Let's do that. Let's that's 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 the bee's knees mm-hmm. that they're coming out and speaking on it. I would I would like action, please. Right. I do you want to do you want to say anything good about the uh, the company that you're going to be uh, uh, using, like Comcast? You want to say anything good now? You know, so that you're on their good side, so they don't <laughs> fuck up your fuck up the bastard cast or anything uh, you post online. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I'm uh, I I I'm a small fish. I'm not really worried about that. But uh, I just I want it, it again. I think it's bad for business to to throttle it. I think it's bad for business to try and shrink the internet like that. I think it's small minded. Yeah. So I think it makes more sense for them to to keep it open and reap the rewards of selling air because they're selling air. Absolutely. So it's like broadcast. You know, they got the licenses for free. You're selling <laughs> air. <laughs> So shut the fuck up and take the fucking money and just chill out, okay? And stop trying to get more money. Stop being greedy. Jason, is it going to, when you listen to this again, is it going to make you cringe the, the amount of, of stuff you talk about yourself? Oh, oh sure? well. Yeah, that? A little. But uh, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if you if you didn't know that it was going to be uh, introspective. I have, first of all, I have to put, I have to be humble. I have to seem humble for the people. <laughs> Don't I? Wouldn't I be? Wouldn't I sound like a dick if I wasn't? Surely. Uh, but no. If it is what it is, I, I, I like I said. If if <laughs> they'll they'll decide if they want to hear it. If you're the one who's going to suffer from the low rating. <laughs> it's got nothing to people, do with me, buddy. People love to hear this. They love to I hear think, introspection. People that I, I, that are passionate. I just, again, I feel like I feel like it would have been more exciting for them if I was a porn star. <laughs> hey, we can we can start that line of questioning too. Oh, hey, sure. <laughs> do you do you feel like you need to do interracial porn to uh, to be accepted <laughs> by the rather, wide? Would you rather have somebody industry? come on your face, your chest, or <laughs> <just walk> back? <laughs> that was actually uh, question number six. But yeah, yeah no, uh, that's definitely. We'll see. We'll see if that ever comes to pass. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> So what else do you have for me? Anything else? Nothing else. I, we 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 have a lot a breadth of uh, of talk here. I like right. it. Good. Jason, where can the people uh, go uh, read your stuff and pay sixty dollars a minute on their <laughs> <laughs> on their service package to go to go read it? That's the future. Is all the bloggers will set up one uh, nine hundred numbers <laughs> and they'll all read the news in sexy voices. <laughs> And people can call in today in Superman, Batman, friendship is magic news. Looks like Hugh Jackman's on board to play Mr. Mistleplick. I could just kind of, if you like, if you want to hear more about Hugh Jackman playing Mr. Mistleplick, press one and give me a MasterCard number. That's the future of the internet right there, guys. Uh, You can go uh, to... uh, where uh well you can find me on twitter at j tabbers you can find the bastard cast on twitter at radio bastard uh and on uh radio bastard.com also nerdbastards.com and i write stuff for den of geek.us and i write stuff for screenrant.com and i write stuff for your mom's face and that's about <laughs> all i have to promote well so. jason without getting too uh too my youtube channel saccharin. where i do uh bavarian <laughs> uh, uh folk dancing is in under construction <laughs> so there's that well without getting too sweet and saccharine uh i do enjoy you a lot you're a very funny person people should I enjoy me read too thank you <laughs> <laughs> aj uh as as little as you've had to talk on Did this episode 
<laughs> Why don't you tell the people where they can find uh, you if they want to hear you or read you? I really think that if you go back and listen to this, I'm the MVP. I, I add so much to this. Um, you can find a... I told, I told you guys at the beginning of the episode that it was going to be a spotlight on Jason, just like it was a spotlight on Jason on Wednesday. Yeah, I didn't really realize that coming in. I kind of felt... I really just feel bad for AJ. I, uh, then, I remember, then I remembered how horrible he is to Paul. AJ, AJ, <laughs> speaking of my better half... For the listen, hold on. For the listener, AJ was supposed to be crashing the party <laughs> that's uh that, i i sat, I sat quietly in the corner <laughs> i thought we let him into the party i know we'd leave him like out by the you know out looking in and just like he didn't up. he didn't need an, awesome. he didn't need an invite someone saw him from the doorway and was like hey come on come over here here's a vodka water slide <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> snoop dog spinning <laughs> okay speaking there? speaking of paul go ahead aj um, this, this is like the the first time I've ever done a podcast without him. <laughs> really? It's not? It's, yeah. That's not true. You were on Breaking Bad with him. Such a dick. Oh shit! Oh, look at you! <laughs> look at I'm you! I'm so sorry, Jason. I'm oh, so sick sorry. Bastard! I'm so, I'm so sorry. You wow. said so many nice things about me. I I am so sorry. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What I, have I, they done for you lately? I got you. I got oh, you. Um, I'm glad I killed you on that episode. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, glad. Shit. I don't. I I can't walk that back. I feel awful. I'm really I'm sorry. sorry. Eh, it's okay. Like I said, you abandoned it. You must have forgotten it too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, I, I can't record tonight. I've got a. I'm getting a perm with uh, <laughs> with my my dog's getting a perm, so I can't. And it's in Milwaukee. It's a great place. I heard about. So can't do that sorry uh, oh, okay what about tuesday oh sock shopping <laughs> I, I love my socks man i love me some socks it goes late aj do your fucking plugs <laughs> if you want to hear me and my co-host paul i think you should be able to plug to radio bastard now as as, as payback <laughs> you can go to gobbledygeekpodcast.com uh the show on twitter is twitter.com slash gobbledygeeks uh if you want to find me on twitter i'm uh, at unplugged crazy and Paul, even though he's not here, really, he is—he uh, is the voice of the show. Um, he he uh, we we have we have a tumultuous relationship. Certainly, my favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you can find him at Haunt Ten Thirteen. He—he's the one with all the interesting things to say. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Guys, thank you again. This is actually, you know, even though it was planned and we had it in the books, it is another emergency cast. It's, it's a second emergency cast in a week. And, uh, you know, if it goes this way, if it keeps going this way, uh, I might need to bring you guys on to take place of guests many Greg, times in the future. I'll tell you what, Greg. Anytime porn lets you down, you just shine that symbol <laughs> in the sky. And hey, we will be there. What does the symbol look like? Oh, AJ? <laughs> I'll let you have like a moment. He puts the improv on you. It looks like a badger forcibly inserting himself <laughs> into my anus. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that the picture depicts forcible. I love it. Uh, Greg, if you ever need me to sit in the corner of one of your podcasts, <laughs> just bring, invite me back. Listen, AJ, I need you to crash the party. <laughs> now go sit over there. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just just get your fucking shine box. <laughs> that's what we that's what we did. Figuratively and metaphorically and realistically, we told you to go get your shine box. God, I just feel like after the last two podcasts cuz I don't I I again, we had him on the bastard cast and we just just insulted him and kept him away just I sleep should, deprivation and, ca- and insulted him the entire time and I really, should be I, I should I be drop, did I drop 19 f bombs on you which you means did. Fuck you, you, in you like the course like of like 6 David seconds Mamet monologue it was beautiful i just feel like i should be taxing you jason because you probably took all of his good stuff from the 6 hours that you had with him no, he had no good stuff. We just beat him <laughs> mercilessly. It was ridiculous. It AJ, was how far how far nuts. into Doctor Who are you now? I'm almost done with the fifth season. And have you guys recorded it yet? No, no, we're recording that uh, the this Wednesday. So yeah. listeners, you'll be able to hear it within the next week or two. <laughs> or three or four. <laughs> okay, guys. I well, really to turn them against you. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that feeling very strongly. You go have your cry, AJ. <laughs> I, I will. You've earned it. This is how all podcasts should end. Yes, <laughs> Jason, AJ, thank you for uh, for for being rescuers again. I like to think of you as rescuers. I'm a, I'm a rescue, rescue rangers, a rescuer, and yeah. be a rescuer down under. Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> God damn it! I, I well, he had a lot coming. of time. He's not old time. enough to get that reference. What? He had a lot of time to still save up his energy to get that reference, though. That's what it is. We're too <laughs> tired, and now AJ's coming in. Out. Exactly. I'm all talked out. <laughs> the show he's is playing. only just beginning. <laughs> AJ, he's, if he's, you would like to long. edit this, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Greg. <laughs>